Seven days past the start of free agency in the National Hockey League. A crazy couple of days of the start of free agency, and the Blues seem to be wrapped up. Maybe there's more moves to come. Alongside Brandon Kiley and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Alex Ferrario as we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line now and welcome in one of our favorites here on BK and Ferrario. He's the editor-in-chief of the fourth period. He's a host and analyst at Sirius XM NHL, and he was a very busy man. David Panyota, kind enough to give us some time today. David, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. A little more rested now that things are a little, <laughs> a little slower. Um, but uh, but doing well. Doing awesome. Well, I'm great to uh, great to have you hop on with us. Let's just start with this. Generically, you look at the St. Louis Blues, David, and what they did, maybe what they didn't do. How would you grade the off season thus far for Doug Armstrong? Well, I mean, look, they they, they like their team. They they like. Guys that are stepping up, they're going to obviously have bigger roles going into next season, be it Kyrie or Thomas. Um, obviously, Thomas locked into that brand-new eight-year extension. Uh, they were able – they knew that Billy Huso wasn't coming back. So they bring in a veteran presence in uh, Thomas Grice to, to stabilize things in that, be the backup to Jordan Bennington. And a little bit of house cleaning as well, doing doing some cosmetic changes to the bottom six, bringing in Nola Chari, Josh Levo, who had a great season in the A, playoff MVP in the AHL. So – I guess this was more or less the objective for, for this club going into the offseason. I know there were you know, the reports of Tarasenko and Krug and looking to see if they were going to do anything big. I think all of those uh, potential moves were, were kind of hand-in-hand. If there was a big opportunity for a big splash, they would have needed to create some cap space, probably why you heard those names out there. But, um, you know, for the most part, I think Doug Armstrong and his, and his staff are really uh, content with, with what they were you know, able to do again, just little cosmetic changes, tweaks here and there, uh, because they really like this group. I like the group as well, but I have questions about letting David Perron walk and what that means for the right. team in 2022 and beyond. Uh, what did you think of that decision? And I mean, the money's not exactly one for one, but it's pretty close. Essentially, choosing to bring back Nick Letty over David Perron. Yeah, uh, basically, and and you know it, it it was an area that they wanted to address the the, the decor um, as well, and and it was the option to you know keep him or go out and see what else might be out there, um, and perhaps risk you know either not getting it to play for somebody else or you know there aren't that that many mobile defensemen that were on the market that would fit that role, and you know for a guy that came in was comfortable with the group, they liked him, they liked what they saw. Um, they had to make that decision. And it really came down to, as, as much as it hurts to not bring back David Perron, uh, it, it came down to what hole might be deeper if they lose out on bringing Perron back or lose out on Krug and essentially not being able to replace him in the open market. So they obviously felt comfortable in addressing their D. Uh, and I think because of their depth up front, um, it, it you know allowed them to let Perron walk because the finances weren't there. But, uh, you know, obviously they would have loved to keep uh, to, to have held on to him and kept him. Um, but I think they're comfortable in, in the offensive depth that they have up front that will able to, you know, supplement the fact that he won't be on the roster next season. Again, we're talking with... 
We're talking with David Pinyota of the fourth period and uh, NHL radio series XM and on the NHL network. You can follow him on Twitter at the fourth period. David, I think the hard thing for blues fans to understand is looking at what they have on the defensive side locked up. We were talking this a little bit ago. It got $18 million tied up in six left-handed defensemen with that arbitration or avoiding arbitration with Nico Mikola. Does it seem to you that there could be something still in the works of teams that might need defensive help or might need a little bit more salary to get them up on the cap that they could be calling the blues still? Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly a possibility. With with the, the, the luxury of having that many guys on the left side or at least capable of playing the left side, um, you know, certainly you're, you're going to catch the attention of some clubs that, you know, either weren't able to acquire someone via trade elsewhere or lost out on, on you know, someone via free agency. I think we're starting to enter the period, and, and you got to imagine this week that some of the remaining top-tier UFAs that are out there, like, you know, Nazem Kadri and, and John Klingberg, who's a right D, and... Um, you know, Nito Niederreiter, Sonny Milano, some of the guys that are still, you know, weighing their options and seeing what's out there. Some teams that have interest in them um, are, are trying to fine-tune their cap situations themselves. You know, once those guys kind of get solidified this week, then you're probably going to see a little bit of a lull, you know, throughout the offseason until we get closer to camps. And then at that point, that's typically when some teams either at the start of camp realize they don't have certain pieces uh, internally – are going to look to a team like the Blues that have the extra um, the extra depth on the left side to say, okay, maybe there might be a fit here. Maybe we could do something that that might work. But you know, from again from St. Louis's perspective and from the management side of things, again they they, they like the group, they like the depth that they have, um, especially nowadays with injuries playing such a factor for so many good contenders out there. If you're able to slot somebody in and not really miss much of a beat, um, that's a luxury that that some teams. Uh, you know, would, would certainly love to have. David, you've told us how the Blues feel about their group. How do you feel like they stack up against the rest of the Western Conference as is currently constructed? I like them. Uh, I, I do. Again, you know, no no para up front, but I think you're just going to see, and, and when you've got guys like Thomas and Kyrou that are, you know, early 20s still, 23, 24, or, or close to it, um, you know, these are guys that, are, are just about to hit their or just enter that peak threshold where they're, you know, they're, they've already been climbing. They had tremendous seasons last year, uh, but they're just starting to kind of scratch the surface of what they're capable of. So I think, you know, with them taking yet another step forward with the depth that they've got in their top six with Saad and O'Reilly and Bushnevich and Tarasenko, uh, you know, Barbashev, who had a great season last year, him and, and Shen kind of in that, that middle nine kind of role. This is a very deep group. It's a very deep team up front, especially. Um, and then again, you look at the decor and the depth that they have there, both from a defensive scale and, and from the offense. Look, this team is, is pretty stacked. And I think you're going to see, and we saw it in the playoffs, a rejuvenated from a motivational side of things, Jordan Bennington in that. And I, I think, you know, knowing him, I think he's going to carry that into next season. Um, I think this is going to be a dangerous squad that's going to be competing. You know, certainly they're going to be within playoff contention, uh, excuse me, cup contention, just playoff contention. And this is going to be a team that's going to be battling it out for first, um, you know, with the abs and uh, certainly do some damage. Again, I, I, I like the makeup of this team. Um, and, and I think, you know, taking Colorado as, as, to, as far as they did in, in the second round, um, you know, this, I think there's a lot of confidence in this group knowing that they can, they can supersede that and surpass that. 
going into this coming season. David, the one thing that happened over the weekend that I think uh, not just Blues fans, but general hockey fans were kind of surprised by was Matthew Kachuk not filing for arbitration. For those that don't know, he is an RFA and not filing for arbitration kind of sets him up to either sign a long-term extension with Calgary or essentially just accept the qualifying offer and walk into unrestricted free agency. Is Is there another way to read into that, or how do you read into that news that took place over the weekend? Well, I think it, it, you know, he's in a good position. So I, I think going the, uh, you know, the, the arm direction applies a little bit of extra pressure uh, on, on both sides with respect to the situation and, you know, the potential longevity of, um, of the relationship. The arbitration, if they get to it for any player, it's a disgusting mess. Nobody likes going through it. Everybody leaves a little bitter. You, memory as quickly as you can um so for an organization perspective you're looking at this going okay good this didn't happen because we don't want to get down this road they want to keep them there long term um you know that that's a good step and then from his perspective why go through that battle when you've got to go through a negotiation process regardless if this team really wants to keep them long term well you know let's try to do it amicably and long-term deal um, in a much more positive light than arbitration. In fact, try to avoid both sides, even though you file, it's more of a protective side of things, but you try to kind of get rid of that um, and avoid that situation. I think with Calgary losing Johnny Goudreau, you know, you basically have to go all in on Matthew Kachuk even more than you initially may have wanted to. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but, you know, from that side of things, again, you outlined his options. It's either long-term or you play for another season. And sayonara, I, I think this gives them an opportunity on both sides to kind of come, come to terms with the exact direction both sides want to go in. And, and I think it's just a more peaceful way of coming to a resolution one way or another. He's David Pinota. Follow him on Twitter at the fourth period. You can see him on NHL Network. You can hear him on Sirius XM NHL. He's one of our favorites here on BK and Ferrario, and I'm sure he's looking forward to a little vacation. David, always great stuff, man. Thank you so much for taking some time out. Uh, enjoy the few weeks off, and uh, we look forward to talking to you once hockey season starts back up. You got it, boys. Thanks again for having me. Enjoy the summer.